the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for calling. The number is 303-873-1935. We've been talking about some interesting things. If you'd like to join me on the program, it's 303-873-1935. And I've got... Uh, Producer Jim, a little bit of a sniffle and a cold. So if I start sneezing, coughing, and hacking, um, be patient. 303-873-1935. And, um, you know, the interesting conversation I had with the previous caller on um, the unforgivable sin and the mark of the beast. These are two issues that in and of themselves are interesting and important to somewhat try to get a, a biblical view of what's going on with both of those things. But it made me also think about the Christian view of human cloning. Now, earlier I made the statement that, uh, Decades ago, um, Dolly, the sheep, was the first mammal that was cloned. And even in the last, I think it's less than 10 days, that a primate has been cloned that survived to adulthood. And the cloning process has resulted in laws being passed in certain nation states, if you will, uh, about what dare we use the term principled uh dare we use the word moral dare we use the word ethical cloning so how do we even talk about that and um it's all very interesting the bible obviously doesn't deal specifically with the subject of human cloning but there are principles in the scripture that i think help us think about the subject. So cloning requires both DNA and embryo cells. And you'll remember that DNA is removed from the nucleus of a, of a creature's cell, and then the material that bears the coded genetic information is then placed in the nucleus of an embryonic cell. And the cell receiving the new genetic information would have its own DNA removed in order to accept the new DNA. If the cell accepts the new DNA, a duplicate embryo is formed. However, the embryo cell may reject the new DNA and then die. Also, it's possible that the embryo may not survive having the original genetic material removed from its nucleus. So in, in a number of different cases, when cloning is attempted, several embryos are used in order to increase the odds of a successful implantation of the new genetic material. 
Now, we have an article at Got Questions, Your Questions, Biblical Answers, on this very subject. What is the Christian view of human cloning? So if you're listening to this broadcast and you hear me talking and you want to know more about that, you can go to gotquestions.org and then type in what is the Christian view of human cloning. And with that article, we also have um, some recommended resources for further study including uh, a book by Anthony Hakama, Created in God's Image, and also um, you can, I think there's some um, resource material that is posted at logos.com. And I happen to have logos.com, and I use it on a regular, regular basis. So, Back to the article, and by the way, again, if you want to join me on the program, it's 303-873-1935. So, it's possible for a duplicate creature to be created in that manner that I just described. So that's exactly, think Dolly the sheep that I alluded to earlier. And clearly, this is some of the experiments that have been done on primates. So the chances of successfully duplicating a creature without variations and without complication is extremely narrow. So given all of that, how are we to think about it? Well, at the article that we have posted at gotquestions.org, under the headline or under the title, what is the Christian view of cloning? It says, and I'm going to quote the article, it says, the Christian view of the process of human cloning can be stated in light of several scriptural principles. First, human beings are created in the image of God and therefore are unique. Check. So the article doesn't say that. I'm saying that. Check. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, asserts that man is created in God's image and likeness and is unique among all creations. Clearly, human life is something to be valued and not treated like a commodity to be bought and sold. Some people have promoted human cloning for the purpose of creating replacement organs for people in need of transplants who cannot find a suitable donor. The thinking is that to take one's own DNA and create a duplicate organ composed of the DNA would greatly reduce the chances of organ rejection. While this may be true, the problem is that doing so cheapens human life. The process of cloning requires human embryos to be used. While cells can be generated to make new organs, it's necessary to kill several embryos to obtain the required DNA. In essence, the cloning would throw away many human embryos as waste material, eliminating the chance for those embryos to grow into full 
maturity. So pause in the article and think about it for just a moment. Think about what I've just said. I saw another article earlier today where a young woman is contemplating getting an abortion. And she is speaking what seems to be a friend. And she says to this particular person, the, the person who is contemplating getting an abortion, she says, I don't think I'm ready to have a child. The person talking to her says, but you are ready to kill the child. That's pretty stark, but that's where we're at. Jim Dennison at the Dennison Forum today asks the million-dollar question, why do so many people think that abortion is a good idea, maybe even a great idea? For some, they even think of it as a, sacramental idea how far along the twisted perverted path do you have to go down to come to that place I'll more about cloning when we come back from our article it got questions your questions biblical answers this is Gino Geraci 303-873-1935 I'll be back hey welcome back Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gino Geraci. If you'd like to join me on the program, again, the number is 303-873-1935. I was talking a little bit about, well, what does the Bible say or what is the Christian view of human cloning? And we have an article by that very title. I got questions, your questions, biblical answers. And in the earlier part of the program, I noted that the Bible doesn't really deal with the subject of human cloning, but um, that we can look at it in light of several different scriptural principles. The first, of course, being that human beings are made in the image of God. The second being the principle that in order to create a clone, you have to create an embryo, you have to replace the DNA, and then you have to throw away the human embryos as waste material, eliminating the chance that those embryos can grow into full maturity. So the big question becomes, is it a good idea to create embryos that have no chance to grow to maturity? And so many people... Not all people, but many people believe that life does not begin at conception with the formation of the embryo. So imagine you have different groups of people. You have people who believe that life begins at conception with the formation of the embryo, and you have people who do not believe that embryos are really human beings. So that's one of the big hurdles right away. So when you ask and you ask the question, well, is there biblical evidence to support that you're a human from the moment of conception? And Psalm 139 verses 13 through 16 
says, quote, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. This seems to speak of the fact that there's a God who is uniquely, specifically, fundamentally involved in what it means to be a human from the moment of conception. One translation says, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So the writer David declares that he was known personally by God before he was born, meaning that at his conception, he was a human being with a God-ordained future. Now pause and think about that, because this passage of Scripture in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 6, has implications for cloning. It has implications for genetic manipulation. It has implications for abortion. And further, Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 through 5, speaks of God calling Isaiah to his ministry as a prophet while he was still in his mother's womb. Also, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit while he was still in the womb. In Luke chapter 1, verse 15, it says, For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. So all of that points to the Bible's stand, if you will, on life beginning at conception. And so in light of that, human cloning with the destruction of human embryos wouldn't be consistent with the revelation of God's word and so, again, if you want to join me on the program, it's uh, 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. So there's more to that. But I want to um, just let you know about um, QC Kinetics. I've been talking for several weeks about QC Kinetics. And, again, for people like me who suffer from arthritis or from joint pain, um if ever there was a time to get lasting relief, well, maybe you should think about getting help right now. Don't go another year compromising because of that pain in your knee or in your shoulder. You can call QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is the nation's 
leader in regenerative non-surgical pain relief. And of course, the, the, the folks at QC Kinetics believe that your body has what it needs to restore and repair that damaged joint tissue. And QC Kinetics can make it happen with no drugs, no surgery, no downtime. And so the future of pain treatment has literally arrived. And QC has tens of thousands of satisfied patients all over America, people with back pain, hip pain, any pain associated with arthritis or injury. And again, they're basically making the claim that this is a revolutionary treatment. This isn't superficial. It's not a Band-Aid. You can get your life back. And listen, it's non-surgical. So if this is the year you decide to fight back against that pain, take the first step. Call QC Kinetics. Get a free consultation on the calendar. Make that appointment. Call the number 303-900-8986. That's 303-900-8986. And uh, again, you know, talking about the, the, this interesting subject of cloning and um, what the Bible teaches, the, the consistent view of the Bible concerning what it means to be a human being, what it means to be made in the image of God. So there's more, and I want to talk about that. But again, want to give out the number. It's 303 873 1935. In addition, if humanity was created, pause and think about that. If humanity was created, then there must be a creator. If humanity was created and you are not, I repeat, simply the product of unguided processes, biologic, evolutionary processes, first over thousands, then millions, and then billions of years. If you're something more, and this is a problem for many, many people, it's a problem because once they acknowledge that there's a creator, then they have to toy with the idea that they might be subject and accountable to that creator. And of course, popular thinking, secular psychology, humanistic thought would have you believe that, well, you are accountable to no one but yourself and that you yourself are the ultimate authority. But the Bible teaches differently. And there's something intrinsically involved in human beings. They want the president of the United States to be accountable. They want their elected officials to be accountable. They want people in authority to be accountable. They want checks and balances of people who don't get to make whatever unilateral decision they want and let the ships fall where they may. What if there is a God? And what if human beings are accountable to that God? 303-873-1935. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back. I don't know why I'm talking about cloning, but I am. 303-873-1935. I was reading another story that just sort of 
almost defies belief about Kanye West getting titanium implants. But um, like, are you going to have a fuller, richer life knowing that? Who cares? So back to the whole point about cloning and the article that we have at gotquestions.org, your questions, biblical answers. And, you know, we're, we're exploring, you know, several different things. We've talked literally about um, artificial intelligence, and we've got some, some um, articles on that as well. And we also have an article on genetic engineering, which I want to get to. But the number, if you want to join me on the program, is 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. And so we, we talked about the fact that human beings were made in the image of God. We were, talk, we were talking about the fact that to make a clone, you have to destroy the embryo. We talked about the fact that uh, according to the Bible whatever it means to be human, you become human at conception. Although I am willing to concede that there are people who do not believe that. I think the preponderance of evidence in the Bible from Psalm 139 and from Isaiah 49 and from Luke chapter one, verse 15, all point to the fact that human life begins at conception. So, and then I talked about the fact that if humanity is the product not of unguided processes through evolution, but if human beings are created in the image of God and that they do in fact have a creator and that DNA is a part of the evidence that supports that there is mind and purpose behind what it means to be a human, That indicates that, number one, there is a God. Number two, he's created you in such a way that you're accountable to that God. And so contrary to popular belief, human beings aren't the ultimate authority over themselves. And therefore isn't even in a position to make a decision about the value of human life other than I'm going to suggest to you to submit to the revelation of God that human beings are valuable. So neither then is science the authority by which the ethics of human cloning, abortion, or euthanasia are decided, but rather, according to the Bible, God is the only one who rightly fully executes sovereign control over human life. Now pause, because this goes back to what I was talking about earlier in the broadcast about the foundation of human rebellion against God's authority. So imagine God says stuff like, hey, I created the heavens and the earth. He said the Bible reveals stuff like you're made in the image of God, you're made male and female, and then it goes down the line of, of the revelation of the human condition, the problem of sin, and the solution to that problem. 
So to attempt to control those things means that you meaningfully try to try to place yourself in the position of control. What's interesting to me is that human beings aren't up to the task. Imagine a person says, I want to be the God of my own life. Okay, how's that working out for you? How do you deal with the problem of sin? How do you deal with the problem of guilt? How do you deal with the problem of this incredible, profound sense that there's something more than just this life? And so, again, you know, you hear people like me say, hey, you know, the Bible says that God has placed eternity in your heart. What's interesting to me, again, is this ongoing suggestion by many people that the moment that you start talking about the Bible and you you begin to talk about what the Bible says, people shut down and they go, oh, no, this is another one of those Bible thumpers, thumping his Bible, making Bible claims. What's interesting to me about that criticism and that accusation is the belief that the Bible is the least reputable source of information of how to govern your life. So I was talking about this yesterday when a very famous author says that the Bible is a work of fiction, several works of fiction. And I talked about that yesterday. So a frequent question that's asked is whether a cloned human being, assuming that a human cloning is one day successful, would that human have a soul? And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So here's a description of God creating a living human soul. Recently, I had Josh Ferris on the program. And we talked about some of the issues surrounding whether or not human beings have a soul and some of the work that he's doing on the subject of the soul. I would really encourage you, if you get a chance, go to our podcast and then look up the podcast that I did with Joshua Ferris. So souls are what we are, not what we have in what sense? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, it says, Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. That, of course, is a reference to Jesus Christ. So the question is, what kind of living soul would be created by human cloning. 
it's interesting to me. No one's ever called me, producer Jim, and said, what kind of a living soul would be created by human cloning? How do you suppose I would answer that question if someone called me up and asked me at 303-873-1935? How would I answer the question? Do you even want to know the answer, or at least what I think may or may not be the answer? Well, I'm going to cheat and just give you a quick answer. And my answer is, that's not a question that can be conclusively answered. (laughs) I know it seems like, well, that sounds like a cop-out. It seems, though, that if a human being were successfully cloned, the clone would be just as much as a human being, including having an eternal soul as any other human being. The bigger question is, would that clone have a soul exactly like the soul of the host recipient of the DNA? Interesting. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for joining me. The number is 303-873-1935. And again, I've been thinking about my friend uh, Joshua Ferris and the work that he's been doing on um, the human soul and on dualism. And this might be a, a little bit of a, of a project that I should give to him. Would a human clone have a soul? And like I said... Um, And we've just talked about the moral, ethical, and medical challenges that come from the question and the deeper theological question. But again, even after all of that, would a cloned human have a soul? Now, imagine... For some, the answer seems obvious, but I want to suggest to you that maybe it's not so obvious. Because imagine you're a person who doesn't really believe you even have a soul. So imagine you fall into the, so there's several different categories. Number First category, people who don't believe anyone has a soul. Second category, people who... I'm going to use the the term, the jury's out. The verdict has not been offered. They're not quite sure whether or not any human being has a soul. They don't know one way or the other. So they color themselves agnostic. They hide under the great big umbrella of uncertainty. And then you have people like me <laughs> who believe that human beings really do have a soul. And the one of the reasons why we believe, or at least I believe, that human beings have a soul is because the Bible teaches that human beings have a soul. So for others, 
there are reasons to wonder. Some go so far as to claim that human cloning would be impossible because no soul would be created. So how one views this issue hinges almost completely on what they believe about the soul fundamentally. That also comes up with the idea of how the soul comes into existence. So imagine your worldview like an LDS or a Mormon who believes that that beings are created and then tabernacled that like that there there's a thing called um well I'll, I'll get to this it, it it's like the well of souls all that being said there's other narrow non-salvation topics which the bible doesn't really give an answer to but having said all of that based on several spiritual scientific and practical points it seems best to answer to whether clones would have souls and i'm i'm safe in saying <laughs> i don't know but i think that the answer is yes so christians have different opinions on how immaterial souls are created there are two plausible, biblical, supportable positions on the issue um, known as soul creationism. One view is called traducianism. So there's the view of soul creationism and then the view of what's called traducianism. The first says that God creates the soul when the child is conceived. The second says that the actual physical conception itself via the parents creates the soul. Other beliefs that I alluded to, such as the pre-existence of souls, I don't think is biblically sound. And so I won't necessarily go there just now. But before looking further, it's important to establish some terms. Human means a biological member of the Homo sapiens. By that, I mean you have the genetic code of a human being. That, you, that means you have the material and the genetic aspects of what it means to be a human being. Person refers to the complete individual the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit with an emphasis on the spiritual acts aspect. Clone and MZ twin refers to humans created through the process of cloning, the process that I talked a little bit about earlier. So remember earlier I said that in typical nuclear transfer cloning, the nucleus, which is the information center, of an unfertilized egg is removed. Then it's replaced with the nucleus of a donor cell taken from the organism that's being cloned. 
the newly formed cell is stimulated and then it starts to divide. This results in an organism with DNA that is identical to the donor's DNA. So in therapeutic cloning, growth happens in a lab environment and creates tissues. In reproductive cloning, growth happens in the womb of a surrogate mother and can result in the birth of a fully formed duplicate of the donor. This is exactly what happened with Dolly, and this is exactly what happened earlier, uh, maybe a decade earlier, with a primate who was cloned and who has actually grown to adulthood. So, in other words... Biologically speaking, something very much like human clones already exist. Identical twins, or what's called monozygotic twins. That's MZ. Monozygotic twins. They have literally duplicate DNA. This is the result of the natural process. One sperm and one egg join creates a single fertilized cell called a zygote. This zygote splits into two more completely separate embryos, which then develops independently. Monozygotic or MZ twins are for all practical purposes each other's clone. So in other words, biologically or genetically duplicated humans already exist. The mechanism of their creation is vastly different from laboratory-based cloning, but the end result is materially the same. So back to our question about the soul. And how do we explain MZ twins with identical DNA, and do they have separate souls? Do they share one soul? And where in the world did that soul come from? Well, if this is even remotely interesting to you, <laughs> go to our website at gotquestions.org and um, type in the question, would a human clone have a soul? Read it for yourself. There's, again, some uh, recommended reading for you about all of these terms that I've been talking about. So I hope it's been interesting. This is Gino Geraci. The Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow taking your calls, answering your questions. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.